0: Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Deidre Rodman Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. I moved to New York City in 1997, to work for the Big Apple Circus playing keyboards in the band, I got to New York straight off of a cruise ship, I jumped ship in Rome, moved to New York, met the person who's my husband the first day here, and I never looked back. But before that, I grew up in Idaho, in the mountains and the valleys, hearing the beautiful jazz piano of Gene Harris and the beautiful country and folk music of other people in the town. And I grew up adopted. I was born in Twin Falls and raised in Boise by a mom who was a pianist and a dad who listened to Beethoven and Gilbert and Sullivan. I grew up Mormon and I always wondered, who am I? I'm a combination of all of these things. I'm a musician. I'm a pianist. I'm a singer. I write lots of little songs. But who am I really? What's my identity? And this question has been following me my whole life. So when I moved to New York and met my new husband, I have two kids, played in a lot of different bands, done a lot of different things. I continued to mine these stories inside of myself for my identity, my songs. I feel like through songwriting and through songs, I discover more about who I am. So fast forward to about 10 years ago when I'm working with Carnegie Hall doing the Lullaby Project. This is a project where we teaching artists help moms in prisons and shelters and hospitals write songs for their babies. And what I realized during this process is that how every single person I meet has a story and a song inside of them. If not hundreds, if not thousands, they just don't always know that the songs are there. So with Carnegie, it's great because it's my job to sort of help people find out what those songs are and bring them into the light, and I realize I want to do this with everybody. And in the process, I'm probably going to learn more about myself, too. I should also mention that as part of my story, I found my birth parents. And guess what? Both of them are musicians. And I have lots of siblings. There's tons of music everywhere. There's so much music around me. I want to help other people find their music, their songs. That's my passion, and that's why I've created The Song Inside. Good morning, everyone. Actually, it's not morning where my guest is right now, so I should not say good morning. I should say Good day, good evening, (laughs) good good afternoon, good afternoon, (laughs) (laughs) and welcome to The Song Inside. Um, This is exciting for me. This is my uh, first international guest, and I'm super excited to welcome to the
1: show, Edel Mead. Hello. Hi, Deidre. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here speaking to you today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's see, you're in Ireland. Yeah. And what town are you in?
0: city. Um, I'm
2: in
1: Clonmel, County Tipperary, so it's kind of in the Midlands. Um, it's it's surrounded by green fields, and it's kind of known for its um, great farming and and that kind of thing. So even though Ireland is an island, I, I'm I'm in one of the the inland areas.
0: Nice. I grew up in in Idaho, which was also inland, but not an island. Sadly, now I live on a weird island. <laughs> <laughs> manhattan brooklyn all the weird islands um thank you so much for for joining me i love your album so much i'm just gonna gush briefly before we talk um, <laughs> i can't wait to listen to some of this music because this is gonna sound weird because i literally just met you but and so kate McGarry is the one who who introduced us yes. and i think she she knows me and she knows you, and I think she should be a matchmaker because <laughs> <laughs> she correctly surmised that after I listened to your music, I, I feel like we're kindred spirits. Oh I feel like you're you're there's somebody I want to know that I need to know, and I'm like, when can we collaborate? When can you come to the U.S.?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Deidre, when, when I listened to your intro just there and like all this about, you know, finding out, who you are and your identity, it just resonated with me so much because that's exactly what I was trying to do with this album. I was just trying to figure it all out. And as you said, like songwriting is kind of, it's a vehicle for us, to, you know, to, to yeah. explore. Yeah.
0: Right. Um. So t- so because we're all coming to you a little bit new, can you just give us a general background of Edel and like when did you first discover your songs inside? Was it your family? Was it environment?
1: Um, well, I suppose in in a nutshell, I, I'm the black sheep in my family in the sense that there's no other musicians at all. So it was always, I loved singing. I, I loved piano, but because there was no one else in the family, you know, with those interests, my parents didn't take it too seriously or anything like that. But all through school, like I, I'd end up kind of just getting a lead role in a school show or winning some talent competition. So it seemed like, you know, there was a talent there. And like, I didn't even consider doing music in, in third level initially because um well in Ireland at the time it was all classical music and I, I wasn't drawn to opera so I actually did a degree in journalism with Irish and actually the journalism was fantastic and has stood to me so much because well it, it, it's it's similar to songwriting. I'm really interested in getting to the truth of the matter, the truth of the song or the yeah. truth of the story and you know researching things to kind of figure things out. And as it happened um during my degree I had an opportunity to study in Chicago at Columbia College um, for a semester, and while I was there, I took music classes because I was I was singing in a gospel choir in Dublin, um, and I absolutely loved it. And when I did some research into the college, I I, I could see that they have a very strong um, music department, and I just thought, oh my god, I'd love to to do some some jazz if possible, learn a bit more. Um, so I was allowed to do that along with my you know radio broadcasting and television news reporting but it was just very clear to me that I just loved music and there was I had never really heard jazz before that you know where I grew up it, you know my parents are from rural farming backgrounds there was no jazz or blues in my childhood so when I came back to Dublin then I found out that there was actually a degree in jazz performance um so I signed up for that and yeah it was it was interesting I mean I got some great musicianship for sure but um it was a bit, it was a bit militant, you know, you're kind of, it it was a bit too, too much for me and I suppose I always wanted to write my, my own songs and I loved so many of the great songwriters but I felt in, in the jazz college I went to, it was a little bit, um, a little bit snobby or a little bit elitist, you know, and then I suppose um, I spent over 10 years performing as a professional jazz singer, doing a lot of teaching, writing some of my own music but it was, um, it was a bit, it was 2018 when I, after being in Dublin for a long time, um, I moved to Limerick to do a master's in songwriting at the University of Limerick there. There is such a thing? That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was just a, a one-year course, and I just felt that I needed to kind of step away from the jazz sort of thing that I had been, you know, pursuing for such a long time, and exactly that, to try and figure out who who am I. Because I really, like, I love jazz and blues, and I, I visited the States a number of times, and do you know and taking a load of courses and and I love jazz, but se- essentially I love the freedom to choose, you know, what, what makes my, my heart sing and, and all that and not to, yeah, not to kind of judge music, you know, as one genre being better than another. I don't agree with that at all. Wow. I can relate to pretty much everything you said, because I, I went to,
0: I mentioned it on another podcast. I'll just say it in North Texas, which is like jazzity jazz, jazz, jazz. Yeah. Um, and, uh, It was very – I'm not sure if this was intentional or not, but everything was labeled. You were put in a box. You are put in a woman instrumentalist box or a singer box or a jazz box or a classical box or all sorts – and you couldn't really leave your box. At least I'm sure you could and maybe you could more now, but that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I I loved this music and then, you know, moving to New York and doing that for a while – and feeling this pull to do something else felt very challenging. And like, well, how do I do that? You know. Um, so it's nice to to hear someone else who has a similar trajectory, and that you love jazz, but then you felt this need to start creating your own thing. And one of the things I, I love about listening to your songwriting is that I feel like I can hear some of your history in it I can hear the jazz but I can also hear this sort of openness of maybe where you're from there's a lot of space Um, I I felt with jazz at least at North Texas it was always like higher faster louder like
1: hello trumpets you know I think one thing as well that really sort of um, that I felt because all of the gigs that I was doing I was playing with it was all male musicians and I was you know the band leader and and then like 90 eight percent of the songs that I was singing were written by were, were written by men as well and yes. I mean I'm not saying that you know that there's not great songs out there but it's just hang on <laughs> that, that, doesn't reflect, that doesn't reflect me and after you know after doing it for so long it was just like no there's got to be there's got to be a, a more another way of, of approaching this career yes I'm so
0: glad you said that uh it's so true and I think it I'm wondering if it's it's we kind of even if um we don't know that we're listening to songs all the time written by men somewhere we know that. <laughs> and growing up it's hard to say where am I seeing myself in this music, you know?
1: yeah yeah it was it was funny actually how I think my attention was was drawn to it I, I had been teaching a lot of um classes and you know one of the one of the students said to me she's really interested in poetry and writing herself and she said to me could we do a song maybe that isn't about love or about you know being kind of lost <laughs> without a man?" and I was just trying to go oh yeah and of course I, I'm I'm generalizing here and it is it is funny but you know I, I think um yeah women need to write and sing about topics that are passionate to them and you know we are complex absolutely and I think it's so important that you're bringing this topic
0: you know into the forefront with your songwriting because not only do we need women writers we need women to be writing about as you said women's topics Um, and normally I don't like jump right into the talking about the album but I really want to because I really want to know the story of these songs on this album. Bridget's and Patricia's. Did I say that
1: right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You notice my name is an Irish name, but it's not pronounced in an Irish way. But
1: I think, um, um, well, here it would be pronounced Deirdre. Yeah. But certainly um, over in the UK and England, Deirdre, there was a character on a very popular soap called Coronation Street, and one of the lead characters was called Deirdre. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's
0: so funny because I... I, I looked up the meaning of the name and it was one of those, you know, I was adopted and I had another name before I was adopted. And then my parents like were looking through a baby book or something. And yeah. they had, you know, they just liked the sound of it. I feel like nobody else pronounces it Deidre. Um, but it means, you know, there's that legend of Deirdre of the sorrows. yes, And it's really
1: yes. sad. She flings herself off a cliff or something. I'll, right? have to, I'll have to look more into it. Like oh. I, I I can't recall it immediately but is it related to the children of Lear? I don't
0: remember this is a project this is our next our next homework (laughs) we'll look up (laughs) the legend of Deirdre of the Sorrows but it also means wanderer so that's usually what I say. (laughs)
1: Yeah yeah, it's a very popular name here in Ireland absolutely but it would be pronounced Deirdre. Right right so Bridget's and Patricia's are two women's
0: names so are they do they have particular meaning?
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. They're, I definitely picked those names um for, for a reason. Like every second person of, say, my grandmother's generation is called Bridget or Patricia. It's like one of, you know, it's like Paddy or um Tom or, you know, it's just yeah. Sean. It's one of these names. And, and I suppose they're saints names, like there's the Celtic goddess Bridget and then St. Patrick. Ireland is very much known for St. Patrick. He's the guy who um apparently banished the snakes from Ireland years and years ago. But I guess for me, what I suppose um kind of frustrated me, we have Paddy's Day. Paddy's Day, you're everyone in the world is familiar with Paddy's Day, which is St. Patrick's Day. And you know, it's a national holiday because he banished the snakes from Ireland. But Bridget, her her um feast day is the first of February. Imbolc it's the first day of spring but we're still we're kind of campaigning for a national holiday so she's the matriarchal saint he's the patriarchal saint but he gets all the kind of the glory in a way so that's why with this album I was just bringing it back to the feminine Bridget and Patricia I'm more concerned about Patricia than Patrick I love that Why? Why she should have her own day why doesn't she have her own day Hopefully, <laughs> no. I think, I think things are changing, and, and you know, she will. She will. But like, she was around much. She was around earlier than Patrick because she was a pagan goddess. Yeah, I feel like Imbolc is a is a pagan holiday, right? Exactly. And then Patrick is a symbol of Christianity, so he came to Ireland, and it was sort of the start of you know getting rid of the pagan ways. So she was around before him. Um, but yeah, it's on the cards. I think things are changing slowly, but right, Shana, certainly. Have you found in doing this project more resistance or more interest, or is it a mix? Um, well, I think if there was re- resistance, people ha- maybe haven't haven't come to me with it. You know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> so there could be a lot of resistance out there, but I don't know about it. But certainly. Um, from From actually men and women, people have said, "Oh, it's such a brave album. it's really courageous and and you know, so I have gotten a lot of um support behind it um and surprisingly from men as as well as women i I didn't necessarily foresee that well, I think there's they're all they all
0: sound to me like like each song is a story that needs to be told that maybe hasn't been told. As much. I got very emotional listening to the whole thing. I couldn't sleep last night because it was really hot. It's hot here. Okay. And I just listened to the whole thing. And I've, I was in a little bit of an altered state because it was super late and I was really hot. But I just closed my eyes and I really could sort of envision these different women and their different stories and all of their struggles and how strong they are, especially the women that, that came before us or the women now that are just trying to keep their kids alive, you know, just women's stories. Um, so who are some of the women that whose stories are told on your album and what inspired those stories?
1: Yeah, well, I might just um, mention the first track on the album, which is a song for Bridget Cleary, because that's probably been the song that's that, that's gotten a lot of attention. Um, so Bridget Cleary was a woman um, considered... Like, if you you Googled her name, it might come up, the last witch in Ireland. But she wasn't a witch at all. But basically, in 1895, just out the road from where I grew up in County Tipperary, this young, attractive woman, who was sort of ahead of her time, married woman, she was essentially killed by her husband in the most horrific circumstances. She was burnt alive. But... And it was a huge court case. I mean, it was covered even in the New York Times. Like, it was a huge story. But what made it particularly, um, I suppose, um, memorable is the fact that he said that this wasn't his wife, Bridget, but that it was a fairy changeling that had been left in her place. So in in rural Ireland, you know, even to this day, there's a very strong belief in the other world and, and in the fairies and... You know, uh, it was a very, very, very strong belief, um, but we don't, nec- we, you know, you, you don't necessarily know how much someone is trying to stretch something, you know, in order to cover up something else. So to this day, the woman, Bridget, like she doesn't have a grave of her own in oh. the in the where this happened and last summer you know i asked my dad to come out with me and to kind of look at the area and and all this but i just wanted to write a song to commemorate the story because well unfortunately the story is very much as relevant today as it was back then i mean here in the lockdowns the various lockdowns in ireland domestic violence levels are just reported levels Mm -hmm. are, are worse than they've been in such a long time um so i just feel that we we need to keep Talking about these issues um, and to not just brush them under the carpet because they've been happening all throughout history and 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 still are. So um, that's that's the first track on the album. Um, I want to pause because that that um,
0: I was just thinking about witches and about how men have always found excuses to other women to punish women for being othered or to scapegoat them. And there's, yeah. there are always new witch hunts, you know, they're just, yeah. there's, they're always scapegoats. I mean, they may take other forms. Um, and the fact that she still doesn't have a grave makes me so sad. And, but this song feels like it's, it's her memorial. Like you're honoring her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I, that's what I wanted to do without being sort of over the top yeah. in any way about, about it. And it was really interesting. Like when I, when I recorded the song, I really just tried to to really do it justice and it was like the spirit of, of Bridget was, was nearly coming through me, you know, and yeah. she's this beautiful, attractive woman who was just so ahead of her time because, you know, she had her own chickens or her own hens and used to sell eggs to the, the neighbours and she was a dressmaker as well and, you know, she was going around this very rural village in these kind of fancy petticoats and, you know, making a living, you know, aside from her husband. So... She was very much like a a modern woman, you know, doing it for herself and particularly in Ireland. Right.
0: And that's a hard thing sometimes for other people or and for men to take. There's envy there. There's like we do not have control over you. And we've seen so much in the States, especially and I'm sure in lockdown as well. um, But even before lockdown, you know, men want to control women. They they want to control so many things. And this is not, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to get into like a whole men bashing thing, but, you know, there is this sense that we need to, we've like for thousands and millennia, we have controlled and we want to control and it's going to just, everything's going to just be better if we make the decisions. And I come from a very patriarchal background as well, where women are not allowed to, hold places in the church I was brought up in and that kind of thing it's, and, and a lot of women are super cool with that because they're like it's you know the husband's got it like they're protecting us it's fine so it makes me think of Bridget who's just living her best life and is a little bit different and that she's a little bit more independent and smart and like people's it sounds like just
1: couldn't handle it. Oh, no, she must be a fairy then, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: that's it. It's it's, it's such a complex story, isn't, isn't it? You know, and I don't want to sort of, I don't want to force my version of the truth on someone. But I do think it's important to highlight these issues and to sort of encourage people to maybe ask themselves some questions, and maybe to look at other areas of society where where men have more rights than women. And why not? Why not look at it? And, and- right. Well, I think it's important even in the sense of so
0: often we're doing revisionist history. You know, like there's a huge battle in the States right now about how much we're supposed to be teaching about slavery. And it's, you know, some people are saying, well, we don't want to teach our children that because, you know, everything's cool now. Or, But I, my, my opinion is always that the tr- more truth is better. Like more truth is always better. And so I think it's really good if, you know, you're not forcing your per, your own perspective on Bridget Cleary, but you're saying maybe there's more to the story than you've heard. Why don't yeah. you think a little bit more about it? And if we start thinking a little bit more layered, then we might approach other things as, well, maybe that's not the, the story. Especially in yeah. like this age of – crazy media stories and everything it's hard it's good to do your own investigating i think about the societies and the stories that you hear and then also more investigative journalism about yourself which i guess
1: brings it back to journalism which i think is so cool (laughs) well yeah it was it was really interesting I didn't know at the time that doing journalism would be helpful in my music career, but definitely when it comes to, you know, songwriting, I'm pretty ruthless when it comes to melodies. And I mean, that's totally because I spent two years working as a tabloid journalist, (laughs) you know, where I was only allowed like a few, a few words in a sentence and there was no room whatsoever for superfluous words. So it's just, it was just a brilliant skill, um, in terms of editing. Yes. Oh my gosh.
0: Um, I need to have you on some of my songwriting masterclasses, because <laughs> I feel like editing is such a a valuable skill. And that's one thing I really hear in your music, too, is I don't want to say editing, but like efficiency of the use of words and space and texture. And sometimes you can say
1: more with less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I suppose, I think with this song, it was probably more so coming from the lyrics or the, you know, or the message of the song, what I wanted to say. And yeah. that was at the core and the music came around that. So can you talk about a um, long way to go a little bit? Yeah, because.
0: Absolutely. Oh, boy, I might have to just play a few of these because like <laughs> people need to it's a that felt like a. a the first song feels like the introduction to here's a story you thought you knew, but maybe you didn't know. Like, why don't you rethink that? And then the second is like, here's a call to action.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, there was, there was a lot going on in, in society at the time when I was writing this and I had never written a spoken word piece before. Um, well, I had written one very kind of brief, um, uh, one very brief one but um i kind of i i knew in my mind that i wanted to write something hard hitting and i knew the topic that i had in mind and it just felt that spoken word w- would be the way to, to the vehicle of expression um so at the time in ireland um there was what was known as the belfast rape trial and it just this awful story that was going on in the media for months um about this girl who um who was in court and saying that she had been raped by these three rugby players and they were insisting that it was consensual and all this. And it just, I think everyone in the country was really affected by it. A- anyway, at the same time, um, around the same time, your former president was talking about, you know, grabbing women in a certain area. And I it just, it felt like no matter where I went, like if it was in Ireland or, you know, because I, I have lots of jazz musician friends and um, colleagues in America. So, you know, I would see the Twitter feeds and Facebook and all this and the Me Too movement. It was everything was going on at the same time. And, you know, as, as a woman, you, you see these stories and, you know, and everyone has their own their own stories. And I just, I would... I, 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 was totally compelled to like get this out i was so like moved on in a visceral way you know seeing people that i know sharing their stories and y- you'd be so angry f- that this happened to them and that it's happening yeah. and then it's happening everywhere so that's that's what led to um this song and a lot of the lines in the song at the start that i'm speaking were just taken directly from twitter feeds it was mm. it, because it was, I didn't have to come up with the story. The story was omnipresent. All I yeah. had to do was put it into to song form. Um, so, so yeah, yeah,
0: that's it. I, um, it brought back a lot for me because I feel like we we've gone through these certain we've gone through as a society at large so much in the last five years, four or five years. And that really, that brought me right back to Me Too. It brought me right back to everybody I knew had a story, like you said. Yes. It brought, brought me back to Christine Blasey Ford. Yes, who, exactly. and um And me getting in touch with just rage, just like complete and utter rage. And my friend uh, Rebecca had written this musical from the perspective of Hillary after she lost the election. Um, You know, just thinking of what it must have been like to have to stand there and be composed and be the better person while this, you know, essentially abuse is going on. And there's a point in the show where we allowed ourselves to scream very loudly. Um, And it felt amazing because I feel like even now as women, we're, you know, there's a narrative of well, that's okay, but do it in your room or, but that's okay, only do it this loud or for so long or, and um, I liked that I was hearing a song that wasn't was coming from a place of anger. I think that's so important that we allow ourselves to feel all the things like we can feel sad about things we can be enraged about and we should be enraged
1: yeah yeah what was interesting like w- with making this album as well like I didn't hold back and I thought that that might go against me in terms of people's response, but no like a- again of course if someone that really doesn't like it, they're not going to say that to me so i don't I don't know you know um but like the response that I've gotten has been, oh my god like people have been really moved by that track long way to go they've they've said how courageous and brave it is again so. I had reservations, but the response people when we're brave, I think people recognize that. And
0: that's exactly what I was thinking. I think I will play play that song, and I'll play maybe one or two other songs for people. But um, I uh, it's something that I fight against all the time, and I I know most well a lot of artists who who do, of oh, it's so hard to be vulnerable, and like I have this story, but it hurts to tell, or there's like this wound. And people are going to see it and think it's an ugly wound and like they don't want to look at it. But what? who is it Leonard Cohen or somebody who said like the wounds are where the light gets in or the cracks are where the lights <laughs> get in. Um, yeah. And I feel like this entire album is just like hammering at these different cracks. And if you hammer in enough of the cracks, then like the light is coming out and eventually the rock's going to come away and you're just left with light, you know.
1: Oh well, that that's that's absolutely beautiful, Deidre. Um, what I was just thinking as well is that we all inspire each other. Like you know, I've heard people who have been brave in their work, and that has maybe given me an extra nudge. And hopefully, you know, someone who hears my music, it it might give them a nudge. So this is all kind of nudging humanity forward. Yes. And hopefully, women, you know, so it's a really, it's really, it's 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 beyond ourselves as individuals. Absolutely. I'm going to play this song. Here's a long way to go. She's a dirty bitch. She's a slut. She's a whore. What was she wearing? She wanted it for sure. Where's her husband? Grab him by the pussy, said the ruler of the land. Crooked. And you won't know what it's like till you walk home at night alone. Heart racing, shaking, clutching your keys and phone. Looking over your shoulder. Don't miss a beat till you're in the door. (sighs) Exhale, then you look at your screen and read Women are more likely to be killed in their own homes by someone they know We've a long way to go We've a long way to go And my cervix is in mine when you sell to the highest bidder And they don't deliver results That could have saved my life Could have saved this strife You don't look me in the eye when you tell me I've to die Five children without their mother They'll never recover Doll Aaron Do better so let's do this together, you've got a sister, I've got a brother. No more pain, shame, we've all been screwed, there's nothing to gain. What's fair is fair, where are you going? N'il ain't in the hint on and my fire is burning, what about our vision? Our Ashlyn, our Vicky Phelan, our A.D. Roach, our Lavinia Kerwick, our Catherine Corliss, all these women. Hail Mary, Savita, Emma, and all the lives lost in this dilemma. Pray for us now that the hour of our death won't come too soon. We've a long way to go. We've a long way to
2: go. What do have to do what to do we, make do you, do we, make do you be believe i believe i believe her i believe i believe her what do we have to do to make you believe i believe i believe her i believe i believe her what do we have to do to make you believe I believe, I believe her. 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 I
1: believe her. I believe her Wow. That's really powerful. Yeah, um I forgot I forgot. Like it starts off, I suppose, in a in a way that it would have an international sort of relevance but then it actually does hone in and 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 get more specific to Ireland um but in a way like
0: the names I'm sure they they they're very specific and matter to when you're there but the names to me could have been any names okay like just it didn't matter that I didn't know their specific stories because we can all in my mind I was substituting other women's names and other women's stories yeah um and I love the uh, I'm just as a pianist especially I want to geek out for like a second about your piano stuff cuz I really learned so much from listening to this and I want to try to write in a new way I feel like because you know and in, in, in jazz you sort of like for a long time I just nerded out over like play the coolest voicing with like the most notes and cuz that's juicy and you have 88 keys and or whatever And you're like, ooh, harmony. But then there's just this sort of drone. And in a lot of your music, I noticed there's sort of an undercurrent of piano. How did yeah. you, is that something you've always done or how did you come about? No,
1: so, so basically, so like I've always trained as a singer and, um, I, I did like some classical piano when I was growing up, but when I went to jazz college, um, I kind of stopped playing piano. I mean, I would have loved to kept it up, but it was the case that you could only focus on one instrument and, um, I think I kind of got a, a bit intimidated by, you know, the way people get sort of about their own instruments. So I just stopped playing it. And then when I went to write this album, um, I suppose there's a few things going on. I, I was definitely um, um, trying to relate to traditional Irish music and in traditional Irish music, the drone is used a lot, whether it's a drone on, on what's called the illan pipes, these kind of bagpipes, um, so, so definitely there's a lot of drones in there. Um, and then music that's going on around that. You know, to be honest, I was following my ear, but it would be important to say that I have limited skill on the piano. So if I'm not doing loads of, um, you know, like four-note voicings and stuff, I, I, I'm. this is what I can do on the piano at this point. So I, I did follow my ear, but I, I'm not coming to it with a huge amount of piano knowledge behind me.
0: Right. I think it's really important for for everybody to hear that, though, and that it doesn't you don't have to be a virtuoso on something or like a a classically trained operatic singer or have gone to conservatory or jazz school to write a a meaningful song. You can take what you know, because I know that I have a lot of songwriting and piano students who feel like they always need to be knowing more than they do yeah, but everybody yeah. already knows so much you know you can play one note you can play two notes you don't have to sing you can speak you can there's so many different ways of doing it and the, the thing that matters the most is that you're doing it from you because like no one else is going to play that one note
1: like you you know Exactly, exactly. It was actually very funny because um one of the songs um Hold On was played on this very popular um program, radio program here on RTE and he was talking about the piano playing and how it was very much done on purpose and all this and I was just laughing because I really appreciated that he liked it, but that was kind of the only thing but no, we, we, don't get it. we all spend so much years, you know, particularly when we're starting out, getting in our own way and lacking in confidence. So these days, you know, whatever, like if, if, yeah. if I play a song and it has two chords throughout and, you know, I play, that's fine with me. I'm not going to be a snob anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like I've, th- this break sort of has been good for
0: me and for a lot of musicians, I know, because it, and also just getting a little older and not being that young, um not confident but wanting to learn everything and play everything it's like this song has 25 chords that's great this song has one it i was feeling that that day like who cares you know yeah no, but,
1: but seriously who cares and as you said there's so much there's so much more to it like i've been listening to loads of bob dylan recently with it being his 80th yeah. um birthday and like I'm I'm getting stuff now that I wasn't getting when I listened to it ten years ago, and I just love his attitude and his sort of swagger and the way he his phrase. Like, there's so much to music, you know. And nobody, we're not going to have it all, or like we're all unique. So there's no point in trying to be the best at exactly. everything. Exactly. According I, to what someone else says, yes. Exactly.
0: And I think, and again, back to women, it's so important for me because I have two daughters to for have my daughters seeing. Me yeah. just be myself because, you know, especially I have a daughter who's at that age now where social constructs and peer groups are going to start meaning more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And I just like being myself. I'm I'm pretty weird. Like, you know, I'm not a It's sort of traditional mom and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just want them to see me being me. Because I know they're going to get so many messages from everywhere that it's like downplay this or upplay this or this isn't beautiful or this, you know, try harder to be whatever. And I love that this for me is the goal with my life of music is like that. that's by the end of my life, I'm not trying anymore.
1: Oh, that's lovely. So you're just, yeah, accepting, accepting, the way the way you are the way we the we things are yeah i do want to play hold on actually because
0: it's such a different song from any of the other ones on the album sonically and then also um i have this list on my spotify of it's called like basically hope and and breathe and they're songs (laughs) that are that I, I want to play in the mornings when I, you know, I'm waking up and the negative self-talk is happening. And it's like, maybe play a song from this list. That's a reminder that it's cool. There's things like, hold
1: on. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well it, yeah, it's interesting. I'm really, um it's cool that you, that you spotted, that you noticed that, that it is quite different from the others because this one, I nearly wasn't going to include it on the album. Like I didn't write this song for myself um, as it happens when I was doing my, my masters in songwriting um, we had an assignment to write a song for someone who was on the BA voice course so I had this fab, fantastic singer and she was you know 19 and she was telling me she loved Edda James she loved Adele you know she kind of loved soul jazz mm-hmm. so I was thinking okay I'm going to write something I'm going to write something that's kind of in the vein of Carole King something that maybe Aretha Franklin might sing and I was thinking oh the message of you've got a friend such a beautiful song and then natural woman i was just like hmm I, could i do something that kind of brought those two together and that's what came up with that's how i came up with hold on and it is it's totally different to the other songs and and i nearly wasn't going to include it but what what happens like I suppose I was kind of thinking oh it's a bit of a cheesy song but but funnily enough even if it is a little bit cheesy sometimes I sit down at the piano and I play it and I sing it and it actually lifts me it gives me it gives me the the calcium I need so
0: Yeah I'm really glad you included it. I can relate to that struggle of having a um an album with a certain kind of mood or, and then there's this something that's not quite fitting into the flow of the other things. It's like, "Mm, should I put this on? I'm really glad that you did though, because it didn't take me out of the other flow. It enhanced the other flow for me. And I like that. It's, um, you know, I'm also, I think I'm going to play at the, at the end of the podcast, not for this world also, because that affected me in, in a different way, but they're all you. It makes sense now hearing that you wrote it, For someone else, and I think that's so important as songwriters to try sometimes to just like, you know, we had this assignment once um, with Carnegie because we're getting we get a lot of training to do these lullaby things, and it was write a song from someone else's perspective in the room, and that it was so interesting to me because you know we write songs from other people's perspectives, but this person was sitting right there, and then you have to think, and it's not the same necessarily as writing for like a client. But it was how can I capture this person's essence in a song? <laughs> and I thought it was it was so good for me because I just
1: it made me do things musically I normally wouldn't do. Oh, I have to say that yeah, writing for someone else it, it gives you a totally new sense of freedom. Yeah, like that that's exactly what it does. It just it gives you it kind of gives you permission that you should already know that you have, but <laughs> 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 it just allows you to go places. So yeah, maybe yeah. I should do some more. Of, maybe we should all do some more of that.
0: Well, I feel like, um, well, now that I've met you, we can give each other some assignments <laughs> later when we get <laughs> off the phone. I've, I have I have a big, a big plans for us. Um, <laughs> okay, but for, we're going to start by listening to Hold On.
2: Somebody told me You were feeling blue You can count on me to be there for you Just remember When times get tough You got this You are strong enough come so far when you were eight years old, dreaming of being a star and looking back to where you've come from. You've come a long, long way. Now it's time to sing your song and hold They said to you, cause you are a beautiful flower, what have they made you feel?
0: You don't resolve it at the end that's so cool
1: <laughs> I was uh, yeah. go ahead oh sorry go on no no, no you no you well it's interesting because I've I've kind of taken a break from listening to the album over the past maybe couple of months because you know yourself what you know I listened to it like so much in the with all the mixes and everything and now it actually I'm actually really glad that I included it because particularly after a long way to go which is really like angry, it's, it's going, you know, hang on, there's hope. Yeah. You know, get, there's the anger, but there's, there's hope there as well. It's not, uh, it's not accepting defeat, you know, it's like, hang on in there. Yeah. And hope and
0: anger and fear, like none of those are mutually exclusive. They, they're all valid. We feel them all. And I feel like hope is, I mean, quote unquote cheesy, maybe, but like, how did we even get through this past
1: year without hope? I, I oh, mean, it's so yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's kind of wholesome. It's like cheesy is one word, and, yeah. and, and I use that word. But kind of wholesome. There's, there's, some kind, there's like a hog in there as well. Yes, exactly.
0: And even with the small little sadnesses of everyday living, the mundane. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that I can I can never hear that phrase enough. Hold on. You know? I need to have it on repeat or
1: like it in a thousand posts that's around my room. Well it's so funny because even in this year alone I've already come across three other artists who have released a song called Hold On <laughs> um, Yeah.
0: But so it's important. We get that it's important. Um, so this is an interesting thing when you hear that, you know, someone else has a song with your title, d- does it make you feel competitive? Do you feel grateful? Do you feel worried? I'm just curious. We're going a little bit off topic, but I'm curious.
1: Um, no, uh, no, uh, I'm in a different place than I was, uh, like maybe ten years ago. So no, it wouldn't bother me at all. I mean, it, it was I think two days ago. I I just saw that Michael Mayo has a new album out, and he's got a track on it called "Hold On," and um and then and an, an an Irish songwriter called Susan Quirk has a lovely new album. She's got a song called "Hold On." No, it doesn't bother me at all because I mean, all our versions of "Hold On" are completely different, and it it doesn't actually phase me at all.
0: I'm so glad to hear you say that. I feel like sometimes there's this sense that there's not enough to go around. And I feel like there is abundance. There's, you know, we don't need to come at songwriting or anything from a deprivational mentality. It's like, you know, my friend was saying, well, I don't really want to do this one podcast because everyone's doing this cooking podcast. And I was like, but none of them are you. Like, because there's a lot of them means, okay, great, you have proof of concept. Like, this thing works. Um, You know, I I could make a whole playlist with Hold On now, with like 10 different Hold Ons.
1: I think when it's songwriting, like, it's so personal, you know, and and as you said, there's only one of each of us. And we're we're all from different places. We've got different backgrounds. Like, if we were all singing the exact same style of music, and if we were all going for the exact same image, and, you know, it it would... but but when you're songwriting and I don't know it's it's totally different you know you're you're not competing and you should only be doing it really for your, yourself like I suppose it's a different thing if you're a commercial songwriter trying for a a hit or something I I don't know but I'm not I'm not in that field. yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> um, and,
0: and even with you know even with piano I feel like. Just even people touching the same note, if it was one note, the, you know, 10 people would play that note and it would sound 10 different ways because there are 10 different exactly. people playing the
1: note, you know. Exactly. And like everyone's personality and their, their sort of their, their vibe and everything comes into it. So yeah, you, you couldn't, just, it would make no sense to be competitive. I know. <laughs> but it is um, nice
0: about getting a little up there I'm not you know 21 anymore where I feel like I need to like because there's not enough to go around I need to be better than you or you're better than me or you know it's like there's actually infinite room
1: for everything yeah exactly and and Like, I I do remember when I was in jazz college and I remember for one of my final performances, I was singing the same jazz standard as another singer in my class. And in that kind of situation, you know, you'd be kind of like, oh, you know, you'd be getting worked up about it. But no, not when you're writing your own music and not when you're mature. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and
0: especially with songwriting, because I feel like that's the time when something that's what the song inside is all about is like every person it's so different what wants to come out and it's different from day to day and from person to person and maybe from hour to hour and yeah. like it never ends and that's can be overwhelming if I think about it that like I'm gonna get to the end of my life and there's like I haven't listened to even half of one percent of all the songs in the world but there's like it's just amazing to me that music holds this space for all of us
1: yeah yeah oh it's oh god yeah i'm the same like i can never read enough books or about music you know or yeah listen to enough
0: um i wish we had time to talk about like i would love to do a deep dive for like 20 minutes on each one of the songs on this album (laughs) i want and now i really want to do that um because i like them all so much and they're so different but i want to play um not for this world, and I had asked you to send a couple of ideas of songs that brought you from a dark place to a lighter place or from a knowledge place to a truth place, however you interpret it. So why was this
1: one of the songs that you picked? Um, well, this, this song is probably the most personal one on the album. Um, it's one that I wrote on behalf of my granny, who lost a child um, very shortly after the child was born. And I suppose um, I wanted to write a kind of a lullaby of sorts. And so I I knew the subject matter, but I didn't know how I was going to go about it. Um, So I would say that, you know, in my own family, obviously there would have been great pain involved and that would have... um, been something that would have affected all of my aunts and uncles and then me going forward as a result and I feel for for writing that song and just acknowledging something that happened oh my god like the the shift or you know something really lifted and even my mother said to me um you know after she heard the album oh I didn't know that you knew that story wow so, so something, something. yeah, I wrote it to honor my, my granny's experience um, and definitely something shifted yeah. as a result, yeah, bringing it into the light, bringing it from the dark into the light.
0: Here's not for this world.
2: this But for longer
0: really Want to break the spell of that? Thank you for writing that.
1: Oh, thanks, Deidre. Mine for that. Deidre, my pleasure.
0: Um, I mean, I can't imagine anyone listening to that and not feeling so many things as a mother, as a child, as a brother, as a sister. Um, For me, especially, I think, just because I found my birth parents thinking about there was a long time where I would just imagine what it must have been like for my mother to hand me over um, to someone else and never know if I... It's different than a baby dying, but, you know, still the loss of that and...
1: I'm not sure how different it is. Like, well, there, there's a lot there's a lot in common, isn't there? It's a, it's a child and it's mother being separated. Yeah. Um,
0: it also makes me think of, I've worked in prisons with moms who've had quite a few children and I have had certain people be judgmental of that. Of just the fact that they have chosen, or for whatever life reason, to have four or five children, and I think, do you think that means they don't love the fifth child as much as the fourth child, as much as the third child, as much as the set? They love all of their children, yes. and you know, your granny loved her her fifth child.
1: Oh well, listen. I mean, in Ireland, um, when contraception was banned, you know, which was up till the eighties. I mean, oh my gosh, families had like twelve kids, fifteen kids. So uh, there's no room to be <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Have you heard um, Raymond Scott's soothing sounds for babies? No. Okay, I. That's that's an assignment for you. Raymond Scott was a really interesting composer, and I'm not going to get into it, but. Um, He wrote a lot of cartoon music, like boom, 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 boom boom, boom, boom for Bugs Bunny and stuff. But he had this weird album. He was a very early electronic music pioneer in the early earlys. I don't even know what era, but he has this song called uh, this album called "Soothing Sounds for Babies." And there's one of them where you're playing the dun 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 dun, and then it's kind of turned slightly, you know, Philip Glass, and then it's a little off, but the same um, that is somewhat similar to this song on this album that it is very lullaby-ish but it's also there's a slight dissonance to it but that reminds you sort of of a music box or a chime or you know
1: um, very I, I, hypnotic. I must check that out. Yeah. Um, wow yeah fantastic. Um, definitely the, the theme of dissonance I think runs throughout the album. There's just a slightly jarring there and I think that's that's from my own perspective that's kind of the experience of being a woman in this world
0: well said absolutely um I want everyone to check out this album it's Bridget's and Patricia's and I feel like it's it's so nice to talk in depth about it because then when people listen to it it's obviously nice to listen to something like with virgin ears where you don't know anything but for me, then it's even more fun to know, well, I'm going to listen to this again and I'm going to hear the dissonance or I'm going to listen to this again and hear the intention or, you know, I just think it makes for a richer listening experience.
1: Yeah, you- I, I I, totally agree. Yeah, like any albums that, uh, you know, it, or well, sometimes, yeah, it would happen in reverse order. I might listen to an album and go, oh, my God, I want to find out everything about it because I like it. But I want I want to understand it at, at a deeper level. Yeah. Are you going to do a release party for this album or is it? Um, So I released it on the 8th of March, International Women's Day here in Ireland. Um, Yeah, so I have the first um, performance of it coming up um, in July um, at the Clonmel Junction Festival here in Ireland. So it'll be it'll be online at the moment. I'm I'm I would you believe I was in an accident a few weeks ago? No. I dislocated my elbow. So um I'm yeah, so um, I'm doing lots of physio and stuff at the moment. But I'm hoping all will be will be good for that. And then I, I'm really excited. I'll have my first international performance um, in Paris in the spring next year, um, at the Center Culturel de Irlande. That's on Saint Bridget's Day, which
0: uh, is fabulous. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to to see how many people are gonna love this and embrace it and want to write their own songs because of it and also to see whatever you do next and i'm so oh. grateful kate thank you so much for introducing us because Absolutely. this has been such a joy to talk to you today i'm so thrilled you could
1: be here my absolute pleasure, Deidre. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening to it and for such great informed questions. You know, it's always a pleasure to chat with someone who really gets your work. And um, I look forward to checking out some more of your work going forward. Oh, yay.
0: Um, and I look forward to talking again for sure. And so where
1: can people find out about you? My website, idalmead.com And I'm, I'm on social media on all the usual okay. places. So, so people stop listening to this
0: immediately you can go to the show notes or just go straight to edelmead.com and check out all of her stuff and if you're in one of the places she mentioned you should definitely go see her live and i hope you can come to new york and play here again at some point and i i will be the first one in line for tickets
1: well i'm going to be in the states um next summer for sure i'm going to be doing a course in in north carolina so we'll see you never know okay something up um i'll be flying into either new york or washington so okay
0: yeah, yeah i have a lot of friends in north carolina pay attention keep an eye out fredo <laughs>
2: um
0: you can find everything song inside at the song dot me and remember until we meet next monday everyone has a song inside including you